Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, Go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. The Annie Fry Show YouTube live chat poll of the day is sponsored by Ruler Foods. Low prices, no coupons. Ruler Foods. That is exactly what I needed to hear. Thank God someone here knows what they're talking about. That's us. That's right. Gotta love this American. All right, you need to take the time and get the full picture. Don't get me wrong, I love the ladies. I mean, they rev my engine, but they don't belong in the newsroom. It is Anchor Man, not Anchor Lady. This is the Annie Fry Show. It's Mike Elam sitting in for Annie Fry today on a very cold, icy Monday. Called school, called work in a lot of places today. It was really bad if you were trying to get out early this morning. The roads are a whole lot better. We're going to talk with a MoDOT person uh, a little bit later on this hour to kind of see about what does the future look like. But if you can get out of your neighborhood, you can probably get to wherever you want to go today. So uh, be careful. Slow down. Like Dave Murray said, uh, it's still bad out there, but it's not horrible. Hey, we are joined on the phone with Trump economic advisor Steve Moore, who joins the Annie Fry Show every Monday. Steve, how are you, sir? Hey, good afternoon. Good. I mean, Trump had a good week last week. No question about it. Uh, you know, it looks like after tomorrow, this whole race could be over for the Republican nomination. So uh, I'm feeling pretty good about it. I know the president is. And, uh, you know, he's got all the momentum right now. What do you think the odds are that Nikki Haley's going to call this thing uh, tomorrow night? You think she's going to be done? Uh, I mean, I think I think she is done. Know, it's, it's just yeah. is she going to call it? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, she could still win New Hampshire. I mean, New Hampshire's tight right now, um, so she could pull off an upset there. You never know with New Hampshire uh, voters. But I would say that uh, excuse me, I got to sneeze. It's cold here. It's cold here in New York, too. It's it's cold everywhere right now, I guess. (laughs) It's very cold. Uh, So uh, if she were to pull the upset, then, you know, downward to South Carolina. And the problem that Nikki Haley has is she can't beat Trump in South Carolina. He's so popular in the southern states that he'll probably win that state by, you know, 20 points. And if she can't win her own state, then she's in trouble. I mean, look, Trump is a strong candidate. He has his faults. But 
I, you know, I loved the speech that he gave after the Iowa, his victory. He was magnanimous. He was, uh, you know, um, talking about the future, talking optimistically. And that's, you know, I've always said, and I've told Annie this many times, you know, there's a good Trump and a bad Trump. And the good Trump is really good. And the bad Trump is grousing and name calling and that kind of thing. And, you know, I don't think that's what people, people, people want. They don't want to keep talking about the 2020 election. They want to know what Trump is going to do for us, you know, over the next four years. A lot of people have been talking about this sort of, and, and I hate to word it this way, so forgive me, but sort of a kinder, gentler Donald Trump. I mean, <laughs> when, when he's been doing these interviews, when he was with yeah. uh, Brett Baer and Martha McCallum the other day, they yes. even talked about after the fact uh, he didn't call people names. He didn't no. make really derogatory yeah. remarks. No, in and, fact, he was, saying, he was saying really nice things about Nikki Haley and, uh, and uh, Ron DeSantis. And, you know, that's what he should do. We, we have to bring, you know, I'm a Republican. I'm a Trump guy. We have to bring the whole party together to defeat one of the worst presidents in American history. Now, there's a big question about whether, let me put it like this. I think it's much, much more likely that Trump is the Republican nominee than that uh, Joe Biden will be the Democratic nominee. Everybody keeps talking about that. And I'm I'm curious to see what is it going to take to have the Democrats move on to somebody else? And I, I, I don't know what that's going to be. I mean, a lot of people have talked about the fact that if the economy approves between now and closer to election, that yeah. he may not need to move on. And, and you wrote an interesting article about. Uh, the real yeah. story of the two Americas. Yeah. I mean, we're really yeah. splitting out, yeah. aren't we? <laughs> we sure are. Uh, well, first on that uh, first point about um, whether Biden will be the nominee, if you had asked me three months ago, I would have said, no, no way. I mean, Biden is the second worst possible candidate the Democrats could choose. Of course, the, the worst would be Kamala. Um, <laughs> and so, um, you know, so but what's happened is the economy has gotten a little better. Biden's got a, l- a little bump, bump in the polls. And in Trump, the fact that it's almost a fait accompli that Trump will be the nominee, the Democrats feel very confident that Biden can beat Trump. As a Trump guy, there's nobody I want to rematch. You know, I want to I want to put Biden's um, agenda and his, um, you know, his, quote, accomplishments against those of of Trump. I mean, and I think it's easy because it's like, you know, are you better off than you were four years ago for most Americans? It's very true. No. And, you know, you look at the border, you look at what's happening with crime, you look at how the massive increase in the national debt, uh, you look at um, the fact that, uh, you know, what's going that our foreign policy is a mess. And, and those things are, uh, you know, first and foremost on Americans' minds. So, you know, it, 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 if it's a if as a as a as, as I said, as a Trump guy, I hope that it is Biden, but they may, you know, they may change their mind. And look, I mean, let's face it, I, I don't really am not saying this to be mean, but Joe Biden, can anybody really imagine Joe Biden in the White House for four more years? No, I mean, that would be. A, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if he can make it through the next year. I, I don't even think Democrats honestly believe, even if he gets reelected, that he's going to be there. I mean, I think everybody yeah. seems to be at that point where they go, look, we watch the guy walk yeah. and and just looking at his gate. Brad yeah. had a, had I mean, a great... I, I, when you got when you got a guy who's uh, shaking hands with invisible people, you yes. got a problem. <laughs> well, Brad had a great challenge that he wants to put out to all the presidential uh, campaigns and said, sit on the ground and get up on your own. If you can sit on the ground and get up on your own, then you could still run. But well, if you can't, you're out. Say, I'm getting a, I'm getting a little older myself, so that's not the. Such... <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I know. <laughs> I, I'm like, that's that's a challenge by a young guy that you just put out there. I said, every day I get a little bit older. And with four knee surgeries, it gets tougher yeah. to get up, especially when it's cold. So on that issue that you brought up about, you know, we have this new study at the Committee on Unleashed Prosperity. Yes. Uh, what we call us versus them. And, you know, the very quick version of this is we look, we did a poll of 1,500 elites. These are people who graduated from Ivy League schools, have graduate degrees, are, you know, in the top 2 or 3% of income, live in urban areas, and, uh, you know, basically are kind of um, in that elite, culturally elite group, an overeducated group. And what we found in the survey was that their attitude about what's happening in America uh, is so radically different than ordinary Main Street working class Americans. It's almost like we're, they're living in two different countries. So, you know, as an example, uh, we asked uh, these elites, do you think that we should ban things like uh, gas stoves and uh, air conditioners and um, gas cars? Well, you know, the vast majority of normal Americans say, hell no, we should, right. we should ban those things. That's crazy. But these people. These people, two out of three of them are in favor of that. Another one, who should be in charge of the schools? Should it be the parents who send their kids to the public schools or should it be the teachers unions and the and the bureaucracy? And, uh, you know, the vast majority of, of you know, normal Americans say, yeah, the, the, the parents should be setting the curriculum and so on. But they believe that it should be the unions. Um, you know, are you better off than you were, you know, with Trump? For, you know, 70 percent of Americans, they say no. But for these elites, 80 percent say yes. Uh, I mean, I could go on. Here's one. Banning um, non-essential air travel. You know, the left wants to do this because, you know, we can't have any more carbon emissions. Right. And right. Gonna save the planet. Unless you're well, John Kerry. Exactly. <laughs> and so, you know, most normal Americans say, well, you know, I want to take my kids to a Disney World and we're not going to drive from Nebraska to Orlando. <laughs> so, you know, but this would that would be banned under this proposal. 65% of uh, of these, uh, you know, Harvard and Yale and Princeton graduates say, yes, we should do that. So they're completely out of touch with what's happening in America. And I think it explains, A, why Trump is so popular with so many Americans, but B, you know, why it is that uh, the elite Americans um, don't really understand the pl- that when they say, gee, everything's going so well in America, why are people angry? Well, it is for them, <laughs> but it's not for, you know, most people. The biggest thing that, that came out of that, we're talking with Steve Moore, a distinguished fellow uh, in economics with Heritage. The The biggest thing that jumped out to me is, is because I'm a regular guy who says economy is everything. When they mm-hmm. said that nearly three quarters of them are better off under yeah. Biden yeah. than they were I under know. Trump. My first yeah. question was, how? How are you better <laughs> off under Biden? Like the stock market hasn't gone up from where when he came in to where you are now to where you would have made that much more. How are you better off? Yeah, uh, it's a good one. And the the other one we did is like, how much would you be willing to pay each year to uh, try to combat climate change? For most Americans, you know, 50, 60 dollars a year (laughs) for these elites. They're like thousands of dollars, whatever it takes. You know, so. It's just it shows that they're, you know, what are Americans concerned about, you know, inflation, putting putting, you know, food on the table, uh, making sure that we have a secure border and and those kinds of things for the elites. It's, you know, things like climate change and LGBTQ issues that just really don't register with most Americans. So it really does explain these two Americas today and how displaced from the reality of real world America, these elites are. It makes me wonder why isn't crime and illegal immigration something like that 
on their radar. But according to your report, it doesn't seem to be on their radar at all. Yeah. By the way, you can tell I'm in New York, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. The, the, you know, again, the the, the people there. It's it's almost like they're living in a bubble. Right. These are people who live in Washington D.C. They live in New York. They live uh, work on Wall Street. Uh, they work in Silicon Valley, and they just it's a separate universe. And so I think that's uh, a really important about how our country, you know, look, we have to unify our country, no question, but it's hard to unify with somebody who says they want to take your gas stove away from you, your air travel away from you. Uh, they they want to have, you know, they want to make the decisions for you. And, and the truth is these elites tend to be people who hold middle America in contempt. They really do. It's amazing the disdain that they seem to have for middle-class America. If you're a hardworking person who gets up, you do what you're supposed to, you follow the rules, you just try to make a better living for you and your family. For yep. some reason, that's offensive to them. It's it's a weird thing, and it's not a healthy thing. Um, and it's it's really, in, um, by the way, eighty uh, percent of these people in this you know in this category are guess who they're going to vote for? Biden's right. <laughs> So I, I want to ask you this real quick, because I, I yeah. hear you on Fox Business on a regular basis going back uh-huh. and forth. And there uh, I, I'll be on tonight, by the way, at, at 415 with Larry Kudlow. Oh, very good. Eastern, Eastern, so. Well, I'm, I'm sure you guys are probably going to talk a little bit about this, because I, I used to hear that the prevailing wisdom was we were going to have six rate cuts in 2024 and they were supposed to start by march and then i'm hearing no there's only going to be two or three and it's going to wait until july where do you think we're going to come down on rate cuts or do you think Mm. we're even going to have them in 2024 yeah i do think we will i think that the fed um you know uh really has first of all they let the inflation rate go up to 9.1 percent which was tragic, and that was mostly because of the Biden spending spree. Now it's come down to about 4%. Um, I think they'll probably do one or two uh, rate cuts. And I, whether they do more than that, it's just, it's hard to say. It really depends on what happens. It's hard to predict, you know, are we going to see a resurgence of inflation? Are we, is it just a, you know, temporary thing that the, the that the, uh, I was going to use the word transitory, but I think the left has perverted that term. Uh, <laughs> but um, so we'll see. But uh, look, the economy is better now, but God, we've got it. We're borrowing $2 trillion a year. We've got still people paying 20% more for groceries, 30% more for gasoline at the pump. They're paying, uh, you know, 50% more for their mortgages. So people are not feeling the love for Bidenomics. Let's put it like that. You are a guy who points out on a regular basis, and I really appreciate you for doing this. When people start talking about, well, inflation's down to 3.7, 3.6, whatever mm. that number is, and they yeah. talk about how great that is, you bring up the fact of, hey, don't forget, we had 9.1. Yeah, so exactly. we had 9.1% inflation that got there. This 3.6, 3.7, it's not down to that. It's on yeah. top of that. That that That's never went away. Yeah, and even Biden misspeaks. What was shocking when he says stuff like "our oh, prices <laughs> are falling." No, prices aren't falling. The rate of increase is falling. Yeah. But you know, virtually everything you buy today is is you know eighteen, nineteen, twenty percent more expensive. And therein lies a big problem because people hate inflation. For most Americans, their incomes have not risen by that much. So they're having to go more into debt. And look, I hope the economy gets better. I'd love to see it. I I never root against America. And we've got great companies and great workers and great people. But uh, we don't have great leadership right now in Washington. 
We really don't. But we appreciate you uh, being <laughs> on the team and uh, informing President Trump. And I, I agree with you. I think this thing's done. And I think it's time for us to move on. We've got our nominee. We just need a couple other folks uh, to yeah. get on board with that. Brad and I were joking about the fact of, hey, wait, Asa Hutchison is still in the race. And, and <laughs> I don't think anyone cared in the beginning. And I know they don't care now. He's what you call a dark horse. <laughs> he is. It's, it's a real dark, dark horse that's out there. Well, Steve, we appreciate you taking some time okay. on this Monday. Have, and have we'll, we'll look week. forward to talking to you soon. See you soon. Bye. That is Steve Moore, Distinguished Fellow in Economics with the Heritage Foundation. He's just a super smart guy. Yeah. I always enjoy listening to him. He's on uh, on a regular basis. He's on with Stuart Varney. Yeah. And he talks with him about stuff. And him and Kudlow, when they yeah. get together... They have some really high-level discussions, and having a communications degree, not an economics degree. Yeah. I appreciate people who can break things down and really make it easy to understand. Yeah. This article that he was talking about, that's the us versus them, Scott Rasmussen did all the research for that. And uh, I like Rasmussen Research. They do a very good, thorough job of really giving you a complete picture. They don't cherry-pick their stuff. So I, I really like that they do that. So you can find that. You can listen to him on Kudlow, uh, or he'll be back next Monday uh, on the Annie Fry Show. Annie will be back here tomorrow. But today, our YouTube Live chat poll is who do you support for the Republican nomination? Are you a Nikki Haley? Are you Donald Trump? Or are you going off the board? And I'm voting third party. The chat third party list may continue to grow. Uh, some of the folks in our uh, chat were talking about the fact they think maybe Nikki Haley may go third party. I don't think she's going to do that, but it's always fun to throw those things out there. Hey, have you paid attention to what's going on with Planned Parenthood? You may not, but you should. We're going to talk with Cody Smith. He is the Missouri State Representative. He is the House Budget Chair. As a matter of fact, he's the longest serving House Budget Chair in the Missouri House since they put term limits together. And uh, he is running for treasurer for the state of Missouri. He is heavily involved in this issue, and we're going to catch up with Cody Smith on the other side. It's the Annie Fry Show. My name is Mike Elam, sitting in for Annie today on St. Louis's home for conservative talk, 97.1 FM Talk. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are millions. Milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey! 
Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. So Carry On Wayward Son may be one of my all-time favorite songs ever, and definitely my favorite Kansas song. And I, I really like Kansas, but I feel bad, as you just pointed out. We're playing Kansas as we bring on a Missouri State representative. So that was probably not great, but that is a great song. State Representative Cody Smith is joining us. Representative, how are you, sir? Good afternoon, Mike. I'm doing well. Glad to be with you. How are you today? I'm good. Did you make it up to the Capitol today, or are you still down in southwest Missouri? I'm still down here in Carthage. I uh, woke up, and we were under a layer of ice, I think, like much of the state. But I'm looking for a window to get up there either later today or in the morning. I reached out to uh, my friend Wendy Hausman that we know, and I said, hey, are, are you guys in session today? And she said, no, I am I'm stuck here. I guess you guys had your technical sessions today, but you're going to try and do it again tomorrow and, and get things rolling, right? We did, yeah. So so not a lot of official business going on up there. I'm sure there were some hearings that have had to be rescheduled, but uh, we should start in earnest tomorrow, hopefully, weather permitting. This is Missouri State Representative Cody Smith. He is number 163. I, I know you're not 163 out of 163, but that is your district, and that's how many that we have. He is also a candidate for state treasurer, but today we're talking about an issue that is more near and dear to your heart, I think, and I, I think you're a guy who has a passion for that, and that's why we're talking about it. But there's uh, Planned Parenthood was caught admitting that they are doing secret abortions on teens. And Project Veritas has unveiled this. How did you find out about this particular story? Well, I did. I found out on from Project Veritas's Twitter account or X account, whatever we're calling it these days. Right. Uh, like a lot of your listeners, that came out late last year, right before Christmas. And there are some very disturbing uh, implications of that video footage, if if it is within the context that we receive it as viewers, um, you know, it's it's essentially indicating that they are in the business of helping underage uh, minor children travel outside of the state and receive uh, abortions in Kansas facilities, and doing that without parental knowledge or consent. And so. We have been fighting, Mike, in Jefferson City to do defund Planned Parenthood, and by that I mean do no business with them as a state uh, through our Medicaid program for years. And uh, we've, we had handled it through uh, budget language in years past, and that's gone through the courts and been rejected, and we've tried a, multiple, a couple different ways. And uh, I think at this point it's clear that we need to address this in state statute and defund Planned Parenthood once and for all. What are the big hurdles that you're running into that's that's keeping you from being able to do that? Well, as I said before, we, we had handled it in the budget. Uh, this has been an issue that we've been aware of for a long time. We have now effectively ended abortion in Missouri, but we are still doing business with some of those provider types like Planned Parenthood through our state's Medicaid program. 
And there's a federal law that says that any willing and a willing provider can participate in our Medicaid uh, program like all other states. But we know that when we are doing business with them for uh, services that are not abortion specifically, we are ultimately subsidizing those organizations. And when we are working with those organizations or subsidizing those organizations through taxpayer-funded programs, they can take those resources and turn around and do things like what we are seeing here uh, to subvert the will of the General Assembly, to subvert the will of the taxpayer, and ultimately subsidize those activities that we do not want to subsidize them with. So, again, we, we started with prohibitive bu- budget language, and that worked for a couple years. Uh, went to the courts, and the courts ultimately reject that. The Missouri Supreme Court said you cannot write this type of prohibitive language in uh, the state budget. We then turned around and took a different tact and showed a $0 appropriation for these uh, types of providers in the state budget. Uh, but ultimately, it's become, like I say, more clear that we need to address this in state law. And so I will be filing legislation this week to do just that and hopefully put an end to this once and for all. You know, I appreciate you sharing this story with me because I hadn't seen uh, the story that came out on the 10th uh, that was there. But just talking about the fact that this is an organization, it's one thing that you're providing abortion services in a state, but you're actually trafficking pregnant teens to neighboring states and you're not letting their parents know about it. Uh, I saw there was a line that said um, the lady from Planned Parenthood said, we mostly see Texas and Oklahoma patients in Kansas, but they said, if you want to go further, they'll take you to Illinois. They'll take you to Colorado. I think the latest one is Washington, D.C. We do help people get to these places. I mean, they're using taxpayer funded dollars to fund abortions in other states, and they're not telling the parents about it. I mean, there's so many things about that that are just so wrong. And I I find it hard that there are people out there that are going to continue to stand up for Planned Parenthood and say, yeah, but they do all this other stuff. But to your point, if you fund one thing, they're just going to move the shell game around and they're going to put money into these services. And we can't have our kids sneaking off in the middle of the night to other states to get abortions. That's right, Mike. It's deeply disturbing that they would they would engage in these types of activities, especially uh, subverting parents and their involvement with this. Obviously, minor children uh, aren't equipped to make those types of choices themselves. And so to go in around their parents uh, and to do do that with ultimately taxpayer dollars is just uh, abhorrent. And so, uh, again, we've been aware of this problem for a while. We've been working to try to find it, uh, to try to fight it. uh, And this has really brought it to a head. This is, um, you know, as you mentioned, when we know that money is fungible, so when we are paying them for other services, they can take that money, turn around, and support the things that we don't want to be paying them for. And um, it's clear now that they are working as a as a national network where these affiliates, these providers that they work with are, are helping share resources to transport children around the country to circumvent state laws, whereas in Missouri, like I say, we've effectively ended abortion, and so it seems that they are they – are, uh, willingly and actively subverting state law by transporting transporting minor children out of the state to receive these procedures. And again, the real kicker is without parental involvement or knowledge, awareness, or consent. And, and I have to imagine they're breaking laws in that process. And I would hope that uh, some of the local 
authorities there are performing investigations as we speak, and if not at the state level, we need to start talking about what what is are, are there laws in the books on the books that would prohibit this? I, I'm I'm sure there are, and where's the, where are the investigations to kind of get to the bottom of what laws are being broken already? But again, in the long term, Mike. I think the play here is that the ultimate goal is to just not do any business with these types of providers whatsoever as a state. We don't need any taxpayer dollars going towards these organizations because we know what they're going to ultimately do with them, and we want out of that business. We want nothing to do with it, and a taxpayer wants nothing to do with it. We are talking with Missouri State Representative Cody Smith. So you said you're going to be filing that legislation this week, correct? That's right. Yeah, we, we've been in, in the works here for the first couple of weeks of the session, fine-tuning it, getting the details together. I expect I'll be filing that legislation this week, and hopefully we'll start to see it moving on the House side very quickly. So typically when you file legislation like this, um, what's the process that it has to go through to be able to really get the groundswell that you need to get the votes that you need to get? I will file the bill, and uh, then the Speaker of the House, it will, it will go to his possession, and he will ultimately refer it out to one of his committees. And then, just like any other piece of legislation, we will have a public hearing on that, on that legislation, and the committee will hopefully vote it out uh, to where it will be placed on the House perfection calendar. And that's where we go to the floor, and we debate the bill, and we kind of finalize the version. We call that the perfection process, and then we'll be up again for a second vote which we call the third read vote, and then we will send it to the Senate, and hopefully they can pick it up and pass it and get it to the governor's desk. And so it, it becomes critical from the point of the bill referral to, to leading into the committee hearing that advocates, pro-life advocates across the state and grassroots folks across the state that are interested in, in us uh, solving this issue get involved, and they get engaged, and they come to Jefferson City, and they testify on the legislation or at the very least, they reach out to their local legislators, legislators in, in support of the bill. And so my ask to that community would be help us get this passed, help us create awareness around the problem and the proposed solution. And again, that begins really in earnest at the committee level, which we would see coming up here in the next few weeks, hopefully. Do you have a companion over in the Senate that's going to be handling this bill and, and trying to go from that side? I don't have a, a particular sponsor picked out or, or have engaged anyone in, in particular on the Senate side. I do know that, that Senator Schroer has filed some comparable legislation, and he's worked on this issue for a while. Um, potentially, he might be someone that could handle that. Also, Senator Mary Elizabeth Coleman uh, has been a pro-life champion, worked very, very hard on the heartbeat bill along with Senator Schroer. Uh, when they were both in the House. So there's there are multiple good options there as Senate sponsors, but we need to get them a bill so they can take it up and pass it right well, away. Obviously, you have a big week ahead of you. Is there anything else that you have? Um, obviously, you're working on budget all the time as a House budget chair. Uh, any other big things that you're going to try to get done on what's going to turn out to be an abbreviated week in the House? Yeah, well, we've been hampered by the weather for a couple weeks now, but we are certainly working hard. Uh, I've been on the phone with staff most of the morning working remotely. So, you know, one thing that, that did come out of the pandemic was that we learned how to how to work on these things remotely, which has been helpful during this winter weather. But uh, the next big thing in the budget process is the governor's state of the state address, which is this Wednesday. And that's where he will unveil his governor's recommendations and talk about his vision for the next year's budget. 
So I will uh, begin, the, begin then to unpack those recommendations and take the work that we've accomplished to date and uh, start to make decisions about what will go into the House version of the budget. And that really does come into focus a little bit better after the governor's state of the state address. So I'll be I'll be looking forward to seeing that on Wednesday. Well, hopefully I cross paths with you. I'm planning on being there Wednesday for the state of the state. So hopefully I can stop by your office and say hi along the way. But you sound like yes. you've got a, a very full plate and we appreciate you making some time on this rainy, chilly Monday to spend some time with us. Happy to be here, Mike, and and you're always welcome in my office. I've been told I have the best coffee in the Capitol, so (laughs) please stop by. I've always got some on and would love to see you. I look forward to it. Representative Cody Smith, we appreciate the time today, and thanks for your fight. Thank you, Mike. That is Cody Smith. He is our budget chair. He is uh, District 163. He is also running for uh, a candidate for Missouri State Treasurer. He's got a lot that he's getting done right there. Hey, there is a lot that's been going on on the area roads, and Bob Becker is going to join us. He's the district maintenance engineer for MoDOT. Talk a little bit about what can we expect for this weather uh, for the rest of this, and how is this going to affect your commute for later on this afternoon, or luckily you're probably at home, but definitely for tomorrow. We'll do that on the Annie Fry Show. It's Mike Elam sitting in for Annie Fry today on St. Louis's home for conservative talk, 97.1. FM Talk. I hope you're enjoying a warm spot inside your home or wherever you may be, sheltered away from the weather. But if you woke up this morning and you went, wow, that's an awful lot of ice. As I looked out at the road in front of my house, and especially as I looked out at that driveway, I went, hmm, this is going to be tough to get out and about today. Um, MoDOT has done a fantastic job, though, of treating the main roads Like when we got out and about, Brad found it in Illinois. I found it in Missouri. Uh, When we were driving downtown, the main roads were fantastic. And hats off to IDOT, hats off to MoDOT for getting that done. Bob Becker is joining us on the phone. He is a district maintenance engineer for MoDOT. Bob, I appreciate you taking some time. I know you've got to be really, really busy today. But uh, I'll start off by saying well done, sir, on tackling all this. Well, thank you very much. Yes, everything went really well today, and our guys did a great job. We got out ahead of this and had a treatment out there, and then we, uh, a bunch of it washed away as the rain came in. We put another treatment down to keep the ice away, and the roads were just wet most of the morning. So what are you guys expecting as as we go forward? What's your expectation for the afternoon and the evening? Well, temperatures are coming up, and we're supposed to stay above freezing overnight. So we should be in good shape. Everything should just be wet overnight even. So are we, we're not expecting this stuff to freeze and we're expecting the roads to be pretty good for the morning commute? Yes, they should be just wet. Uh, you know, we've been checking. We talk with the National Weather Service on a regular basis. And, uh, you know, we've got a good treatment down. But of course, if it keeps raining, that's going to wash off. But uh, we're confident to, that it's going to stay above freezing all night. So when did you guys first start the the treatment process? Because obviously the main roads, you were well ahead of it. Yeah, I mean, we had some residue from the storm late last week on the road still, and we had our crews coming in. We had some of them come in at 7 o'clock at night to make sure everything's ready to go, and then uh, by 10.30 we had full crews in, and we wanted to make sure we got treatment ahead of it because it came in at like uh, 1 to 2 this morning. Yeah. I, did did it come in the way that you expected, or did you see any surprises? Uh, fortunately, there were no surprises with this storm. I mean, it came in and just uh, 
drizzle and a little bit of rain. And then, like I said, it put... Uh... Get more at 971talk.com. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.